0: welcome back to episode number 36 of the bravo zulu podcast eventually it's a wrap hey don't forget to visit us on our website after you listen to the show anchor.fm backslash backslash bravo zulu podcast learn how you can support and help us build and grow uh, into the future thanks for listening and welcome back to the final chapter featuring james in his uh career pantheon here and uh it's been a long road to get here but you know uh i wanted to give a proper background not just go into like some of the stuff we're going to talk about today right because i think it's important that people understand where service members come from right and uh th- their background and how they kind of grew up in the navy because you know I was talking to one of my boys the other day james and uh we're talking about, like, you know, you are raised. It's like it's like a second life, right, in the navy or in the military in general, but us in the navy, right? And you have yeah. those sea daddies or whatever, sea mamas that raise you in the in the navy in the military, right? And then they they kind of mold you early, and, and you kind of go from there, right? So go ahead and jump off into into like your your third chapter of your career, and you've left Signello, you went um at where wherever you went after that, right? And then, and then there's a big reveal that we're going to get to, and we're going to talk about that.
1: Uh, okay, so, you know, after, after uh, Sig Part 2, you know, tour. had a good time, you know, got back with a lot of my people. And, uh, you know, it's not often that, you know, people get to, you know, go back to, you know, duty stations that they were at, especially like short duty stations. Right. So, you know, it was a difficult time. And, uh, <laughs> so kind of coming off that, right. Uh, you know, went into my window, time to pick orders, what have you. So this time I had a warfare pen. I <laughs> <So, laughs> wasn't an impediment. <laughs> uh, so, you know, looking at the orders, uh, going through all the wrecks and I see uh, this little this little nugget that, you know, kind of interests me and it's like a missile command that they're starting up over in uh, Romania. And, uh, you know, it was like a hot field. I'm like, the hell is this? You know, I, I've never heard of this didn't know anything about it. So I did my research and yeah. So basically it's a brand new command. Like I said, they're standing up in, uh, some Romanian military base or what have you. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was a high field. They needed people ASAP. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, if you don't shoot your shot, you're definitely not going to score. So, you know, took my chance, put my name in, and, uh, and lo and behold, got picked up. So actually I found out, I want to say it was like July 4th weekend, because I want to say, yeah, it was like before. It was like around that time or what have you. So, you know, back at SIG, we have like that, you know, this little celebration or whatever on base. So everybody's like in a good mood or what have you. And, uh, so I got the news and as soon, you know, you know, everybody gets in like a you know, career counselor and, you know, you can't come in gets the word before you do. So I could feel the hate coming down on me. Right. Cause at that point, I obviously had one more tour. Uh, I was like, like five more years or so. So this was like, was it 14? Yeah, it was 14. So, Basically, by the time I rotate, it would have been 15. So, this would have been like my Twilight tour, right? Give or take. I think the bill was like for four years. So, I probably would have extended there, retire or whatever. And, or maybe, maybe I had to come back stateside to get my shit together, you know, for one year somewhere or whatever. But basically, it would have been my Twilight tour, right? <clears throat> and that would have put me at like, so I was in sick for six years. So, that would put me at like, Ten years overseas <laughs> of the twenty-year career, you know, not bad. Around, not bad,
0: Sig, I mean? and then to go out in yeah. Romania. I mean, you I'm, know, I'm sure You yeah, I'm sure you were <laughs> feeling it. Yeah.
1: So uh, you know, like I said, I could feel the hate come down from uh, certain people that you know I was not besties with. We'll say, and then other people were congratulating me, like, "Yo, like, how'd you do this? That or whatever." Well, you know. I, I, I mean, you know, now it's like I, don't, well, I guess I don't know how it is now You get the red light, green light deals That's still how it works On Rex
0: uh, Not not so much nowadays But who knows how it works Nowadays
1: Okay, so like, <laughs> they, had this, they had this red light, green light Basically trying to make sure you had the qualifications And all this other bullshit for the job So I was green all the way Right And, uh, you know so I went for it, got it. And uh, actually, I wrote the detailer like a little uh, a little letter, a little email deal. I didn't know him from from uh, anywhere, but just kind of greasing the skids, we'll say. So, you know, again, I don't know how this stuff works now, but especially like when I first came in, you know, commands, you know, well, like, you know, your chief or what have you, if they knew the detailer or not, would still maybe be able to have a little pull and, you know, kind of do whatever. But then you were also encouraged to try to speak to them. And then, you know, back then you always had the threat. If I don't get these orders, I'll get out. Well, that kind of changed. And they were like, well, okay, well, get out. Fuck out then.
0: yeah, out got Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <get> out <laughs> so that kind of went
1: away. But, you know, like I said, no one told me to do it. I just, you know, wrote a little letter about the state or whatever. And, you know, so all that combined, hooked up, got the orders and I was good to go. So like I said, I think my PRD was like in March, March of 15, I want to say. Somewhere around there. So, this is, like I said, four, like July of 14-ish. So, you know, I'm good to go. Having a good time. Got my orders. And, uh, you know, all I had to do was just ride out my time there and chill. So, you know, time goes by. And uh kind of have a rocky relationship with my, uh, with my chief, right? So, I'm obviously a supply guy. And this jackass is a, uh, <laughs> he's an airframer, an AMC from Oklahoma. <laughs> so needless to say, we disagree on many things and, uh, how things should be ran. And, uh, you know, at, at AIMD, we didn't have a supply chief because, you know, basically if I would have made chief, I would have been out of there and sent somewhere else on base because they're not billeted for it. Yeah. So, the only supply chief I really have or top cover is at ASD. So, I used to talk to their senior chief all the time, like, hey, you know, this, that, or whatever's going on over here. And how do we do this, that, or whatever? And they really had like a squadron mentality where basically, if you weren't turning riches, you weren't shit, basically. So, you know, my guys were getting shit on for evals and awards, just all kind of shenanigans, right? So, I'm fighting a good fight. And uh, well, I guess one of the things that kind of really pissed him off is. You know, like, I resisted getting my safer flight for, for like, the, my whole time there. It's this little qualification. It doesn't mean shit. You know, like, at AIMD, really, it's just saying, I guess, like, the parts are good to go or something, you know, before you give them back to ASD, you have to repair. But, you know, the squadron, like, literally, you're saying, hey, this flight can go. So, that's kind of a big fucking deal there. But, you know, AIMD, it's kind of some bullshit. So at the time, I'm working on school because, you know, I've, you know I, see the, I see the light, right? So I'm trying to get all my other ducks in a row, and I've got other priorities. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, this guy keeps, you know, jumping in my ass about the that, or whatever, and, you know, that office was inside main PC. So I don't know if you remember the setup how it was. It's conjoined to... Uh, uh, to ASD, so like we're in the same yeah. building, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so you can like walk the halls and hear shit that's going on all over the place, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So you know we got into some, uh, you know, some disagreements. We'll say uh, during that time. Plus, one of the uh, guys below me was a uh, AS who had uh, some mental health issues. We'll say so he caused a lot of stress in that environment. So. You know, having to work with, you know, that guy and kind uh, of not let him get smashed by, you know, the chain of command. The AMC basically wanted to fry him over a bunch of stuff, and he was a good dude, just like I said, he has some issues, right? Yeah. And uh, having to kind of deal with that and uh, other little little snags here or there. Uh, you know, because I had... I, you know, obviously that was the, the LPL supply, but I had, you know, Emerald, which is, you know, kind of a big thing, and then obviously I'm over the tool room, so in aviation, it was a really big deal, so I had, like, two programs that are really, like, high profile, right? So as as I'm doing that, then, uh, you know, I'm jockeying for position in the, uh, for class mass, so trying to make those maneuvers, I got school, and then I'm trying to juggernaut, so yeah, I got a little bit on my plate.
0: So so and, as a first class, you was actually like really trying to get after it a bit.
1: Well, well, number one, I was concerned with school because, uh, again, I know that none of this safe for flight bullshit or any of this other stuff really going to matter to anybody once I get out, right? Right. So my number one priority, get my school done as much <laughs> as I could while I was on active duty and try to and knock that out, and especially while I'm on shore duty, right? Right. Because, again what they don't tell you is all the shit that most of these, you know, captains are trying to push to you does not mean shit. Right. When you're trying to get yeah. a job in the civilian world. Yeah. Right. So you have to play the game a little bit. Right. So, you know, play the game to the degree I needed to. And then you actually have to, you know, take care of your people, especially as a supply guy, you know, in aviation. Cause most times, like I said, you have no top cover. Mm-hmm. So you really got to be on your shit to make sure your people don't get shit on. So, It literally turns into warfare because you know you're not a khaki yet, so you're not invited to all the khaki meetings. Your khaki doesn't know what the hell you do, and probably doesn't like you because he probably got shit on by some supply guy, you know, back in the day. So you got all that going on, let alone any shenanigans that your you know sales are up to, which of course you know sales get into shit. So plus trying to find time to juggernaut. So I mean, again, to be honest with you. Was I considered making chief? Not really. Didn't really. Wasn't really at the top of my list. Okay, but But, you're
0: doing. But you're doing everything that first class should should be doing.
1: Yeah, like the the little what's the the little book you had to do or whatever it was. Uh, Oh
0: yeah, because that that was during like three sixty five time. Yeah, yeah, three sixty five.
1: yeah, stuff. So and again, when you're going in for a job interview, no one gives a fuck about you know CPL three sixty five. Yeah. So, you know, all that stuff. So, like I said, we didn't meet eye to eye. And, uh, you know, Billy Badass was from Oklahoma. So he just, I, I don't know what reason he thought he was just like a badass. He was this pudgy middle-aged dude that, you know, who had a wife. Was, and I guess this is either here or there. I guess this didn't help. His wife worked at uh, worked at the gym on base. And actually, I met his wife before I met him. And we actually kind of, someone became cool, because she worked at the front desk or what have you, like, you high hi, bye, you know, kind of stuff, whatever. She was actually pretty cool. And I guess, you know, a lot. she had, like, fake boobs, right? And they were, like, ridiculously disproportionate to her size. (laughs) So I guess a lot of dudes were trying to hit on her while she was there, whatever, and she really was, like, outclassed him. I mean, it was just, I I can't explain that. But anyway, so I guess she, like, we were friends on Facebook, you know, we you know make little sniggle giggle comments on each other's little page, what have you. So I'm sure that didn't help because, like, she introduced me to him before he was my chief. So again, maybe you know, maybe did, maybe didn't, but I'm sure he wasn't appreciative of that. <clears throat> so, like I said, we had some you know issues in the office, and a couple times I had to walk out because I knew I was going to, uh, you know, say something kind of kind of cray cray. So, you know that take a couple walks like i said and uh the guy with the mental health challenges he has some episodes in pc we'll say and you know that chief tried to basically get him kicked out and i had to really get in there and kind of you know intervene in that and he didn't like that shit at all either so it had been building right a lot of this tension had just been building yeah and uh you know he he had a habit of kind of like trying to touch you while trying to make a point,
0: like one of those so fuckers like, that I try to like point at you, like like.
1: Well, yeah, but then also like try to like kind of put a hand on you, like on your shoulder, to kind of like I guess try to assert authority over you or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean he he wasn't a big dude, like as far as like height-wise, it was kind of wide, just just like a pudgy little dude that, you know, probably got bullied in high school kind of a deal, right? Got a little bit of power as chief and (laughs) ran with it. So the one day, you know, we were kind of getting into it, and uh, so he closed the door. And uh, from what people told me, like, they could hear us, you know, in PC. And, uh, you know, just like you just did, you know, this dude started pointing and started like jabbing me in my chest. Oh, yeah. No. I, was tra- I was trying to make a point and I was like, you know what? Get your fucking hands off me, dude. Don't fucking do that. I should have walked away. Okay. And I could have walked away. That, that was a decision I could have made, right? But to be very honest with you, I was done. I was pissed. and I'd been taking the shit from this dude for a while. And our, you know, our CMC, this dude was he was just fucking trash. So, you know, the right thing to do probably would have been to go talk to the CMC and maybe try and get this shit documented and all sort of stuff. You know, looking back hindsight, 2020, could I have handled it better? Probably so. But, you know, my whole thing was just walk it off, get through and move on. Right. Um, So the dude was kind of jabbing me, you know, fucking trying to get all in my face. I'm taller than him. So he's jabbing me and looking up at me. And I'm looking down at him. (laughs) 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 And all of a sudden, like, I just, see red. I'm like, I'm done. And, like, he tried to, like, jab me again, and I grabbed him. And then I kind of, like, pulled him with my left hand by the hand he was jabbing with, and I just popped him one right in his fucking face. And, uh, like, he kind of, like, reeled back and put his hand over his nose, like, area. And, uh, you know, he was defenseless at that time, and I hit him again. So I got in two solid hits, and by that point he was making noise like "oh, oh, oh!" Also, the shit or whatever, and uh, as I was going in for the kill, like I had to like stop <laughs> myself because I was like, "This is not going to be." I'm already, I already know I'm in trouble. I'm yeah, right. So. <laughs> So, at this point, I'm like, damn, I don't really want to, like, really fuck this dude up, you know? I mean, but then again, on the other side, I mean, I already I am in trouble, so I might as well get my money's worth, but I stopped, and because uh, I really could have just sat on this dude and just, you know, beat his ass, like, really badly. Yeah, you're, under the you, door you're,
0: you're not small.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not goddamn Bruce Lee, and I'm not some bodybuilder, but I can defend myself. I'll leave it at that, so, especially against a bitch like that dude, so. Um, you know, next thing I know, like I said, somebody from PC comes in, like one of the other first classes, and I'm kind of like hesitating. I've got my fist and I'm kind of hesitating. I'm get, like I said, it's like that moment. Do I just go in for the kill, like I said, or just kind of pull back? So I kind of like just hesitated for a minute. and The first class kind of grabbed me and was like, "Yo, just get out of here. We gotta go. Like, they're, they're come on. <laughs> we gotta run. So, and get in the car. Yeah, get in the car." <laughs> <laughs> so you know, he pulls me out of there and. Like by that point, I'm kind of coming back to my senses, and uh, all right, hold on, yeah,
0: hold on, give me a break, Mm -hmm. real quick, hold on,
1: yeah, yeah, so like i kind of uh,
0: Alright, sorry about that. We're live with kids in the house. Alright, so um <laughs> so so you pop off on dude, first class comes in, pulls you off. And I mean like like you said, like y'all was getting loud. There's more commotion. Are other people responding at this time?
1: Well, I mean, like I said, it wasn't the first time, yeah, we had some disagreements. So, you know, when the door closes, I mean you know. People just, I guess, kind of let it roll. And in that office, you know, people get their ass chewed, and you know, stuff happens, right? So, you know, people kind of just let it ride. And uh, I mean, no offense, but it was there were all males in the office, right? Except for like, well, at this time, yeah, I think we had one female, one of my, yeah, you know, one of my sailors. But basically, you know, guys are gonna kind of, you know, give us a space and stuff, ride, and you know, kind of a deal. So. And, you know, at that point, I knew what was going to happen, right? So I just kind of walked it off and, uh, you know, was getting ready to take my medicine. And, uh, you know, I had some allies there that, you know, kind of knew about how things went and, you know, how we uh, got to that point. So my biggest thing was that, you know, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I just, I, well, I was just hoping I didn't hurt him too bad, right? Because like the work, like the worst his injuries were, the worst was going to be for me, kind of a deal. Because I already knew I was going to go to mass. I-, I mean, I knew this was happening. So you know, he ends up getting you know, but heard about it, and uh, you know, he actually tells people. Which you know, big bad AMC. I thought he would have just walked it off, but I mean, he's a bitch, so I knew <laughs> he wasn't. But <clears throat> so, anywho, so you know, went to mass and. You know, I got chewed out a little bit. You know, then had a DRB, and you know, she shut to yip yap at me, and blah blah blah. Well, one chief actually, you know, kind of stopped a lot of their nonsense. He, I was cool with him, so you know, went to the process and uh, you know went to mass. You know, half months times two, and Ooh. that was all that really happened. No restriction. Uh,
0: no. Oh, just just some money. Suspended yeah. bus, nothing like that.
1: You no, know, just that's all. Just I some did. money yeah you know then they try to you know give me a little lecture and shit you know how it goes so the ultimate thing though which I knew in the back of my head but I was trying to prevent was losing my orders that yeah. was my main concern after all that right
0: no NJT <laughs> so within I, the know, last three years or some shit you know yeah, usually how that shit so goes I fucking,
1: so I uh you know tried to write a letter and shit to the detailer and you know, the chief that I was cool with is actually the senior chief by that point, uh, you know, tried to write him a little letter and it was no response. Right. So kind of rolled through the summer, you know, orders were, you know, still, I heard nothing about it. Right. Still had my orders. So I was, you know, up in the air, didn't know what was happening. And I was like, you know, I was, I was, I'll go, you know, just fucking worried about it. So I'll never forget like my birthday is September 14th. Like I said, you know, a few podcasts ago. So, I want to say it's. I think my birthday was on a weekend that year, or something. And I was going to go on a trip, and so I'm on my trip, and then one of the other first classes is like, uh, "Hey man, you uh, you need to call your detailer." <laughs> so at that point, he said it in a way that was not good. So I mean, I knew, I knew what time it was. Yeah, so I'm like yo I'm overseas I'm like in a different spot well, I'll, I'll do it when I get back He's like yeah man just do it as soon as you can I'm like oh shit So I get back and uh, I hit the detail row bro. And the detail is like yeah um, Unfortunately you have to cancel your orders And da 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 da, da and All this other shit So you know I'm like oh, I'm walking it off So I'm like okay well you know, Do I get a chance to go back into You know CMS and look at some other wrecks or something or what do you want what's, what's what are we doing here? What's the game plan? So the dude's like, um not really, but uh I got these two uh I got these two bills for you. I'm like so I don't get to go back in there and you know choose again or what have you You're just gonna throw these to me. And he's like, Yeah man, my hands are tied. I mean he I mean he was cool. I mean I don't really know how authentic he was saying he didn't have a choice or whatever, but I mean I'm pretty sure you know He he laid it down easy Yeah I mean yeah. I'm pretty sure the odds weren't in my favor anyway So he was like yeah So that's two choices For you and I need to answer By tomorrow I'm like what the fuck And so he's like yeah um, NMCB1 And NMCB11 in Gulfport Mississippi I was like what I like what CB he's like what the fuck I mean I know nothing uh, Absolutely Positively nothing about the CBs. I don't know anything about the command. I'm just. They could have told me I was going to Space Force. I don't know what the fuck's going on there. So you know. The dude tells me that. And then. So as soon as I hang up with him. I have to go start researching shit. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like are you fucking serious. These dudes think they're fucking Marines. <laughs> so that's obviously not my jam. And then Mississippi is just a shithole. So. I'm a little hot but you know at that point i was contemplating just getting the fuck out and, and calling it a day cuz i was i was pissed i was i was high key pissed <clears throat> so made a few phone calls to a couple people and uh you know calmed down and you know saw the uh, direction i needed to take and uh you know next day told them where i was going to go and off i went to cb11 in gulfport mississippi Uh, Good times So
0: you know uh, Up until that moment With this uh, particular chief Of you you know going all out Yeah What was your uh, perception of the chief's mess Or what was your experience with him Throughout your career up until this moment Would you say it was like mostly positive Mostly negative you know Like because junior sailors Always have you're, You're sometimes there's in between but usually it seems like that that's either you know one side or the other right it's either been good or it's been bad what was yours and then like with this particular person did it turn like all bad for your next i mean you're on your last tour anyways i'm sure it didn't fucking matter but you know what i mean
1: uh i mean i guess up up to that point uh well, number one, you know, boot camp, they kind of like drill it in your head. Like the chief is fucking this mystical creature that just makes things happen. Yeah, we are. Knows the ambush. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> we are. So, you know, I guess when you're young, I guess.
0: More impressionable, that, for sure. you
1: somewhat believe it. But, again, it also goes to the individual, right? You guys are middle management. That's really what it is. So, yeah. you know, me coming in a little bit you know, older than the average person. I mean, I, I, again, I knew what time it was. Just, you know, respect the rank. Because truthfully, you know, you guys couldn't do shit more than I could do as a first class. You guys just get told, and then you tell it to me. So, I mean, okay. yeah, Merry Christmas about that. Yeah. So, you know, any organization, you know, Chiefs Mess, First Class Mess, Masons, fucking any organization you want, is only as good as the people that are in it. Right. So there's good people, there's bad people. And, you know, I just, I guess, been lucky to, you know, either be under, you know, good khakis or, you know, was able to stand up to the shit khakis that I ran into. And again, you know, just like in law enforcement and a lot of other, these organizations, you know, people, you know, maybe didn't have power or Believe when they were younger, and all they do is just wait to get into a position of power and then they abuse that, right? So, you know, again, like this jackass, I could tell that he was one of those kind of people that yeah. just couldn't wait to make, you know, chief and uh, I'm fucking da 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 da. Yeah. So, you know, I would say it's mostly positive. I mean, up until that point, until I hit that little snag, I mean, that was pretty much smooth sailing. So, for me at least. And, uh, you know, after the fact, yeah, I mean, whatever
0: yeah you know i mean you're right um everything in boot camp that that is the way it goes i think a lot of people don't realize that we're middle management um the only thing that kind of makes us uh a little bit um I don't know what the word is, but is the network where we can reach out to each other more and that, but that network is pushed, right? Like it's, it's pumped during the season and stuff of like, Hey, there's this network here that you can tap into, which, you know, if you taught first classes to do the same thing, then they would just have just as much, you know, perceived quote unquote power. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's like, all the difference is, is that there's a network that we're trained to tap into that we don't train other sailors to tap into.
1: Well, I mean, as the first class, I mean, you do it anyway. I mean, shit, really, in the second class, you do it because, especially in supply, yeah. you leverage your little things, you know, to the X amount of people you need, and you get your shit. I mean, it's, you know, I guess maybe, you know, it's more prevalent as a khaki, I, I mean, I guess, but, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, again... I mean, if the whole khakis, like what they did, you know, a couple times at AID, they took off every, well, you know, a couple times a month and just left. I mean, nothing changed. I mean, fucking yeah. the officers just came in and told us the shit that they would have told them. Okay. Yeah. Merry Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: no, I mean, like I said, it, it never hurts my feelings when a, a junior sailor or, you know, yourself a retired first class, like anyone, it don't hurt my feelings, whatever you got to say, because. I know the the fact of anyone's interaction with me uh it, you know I mean not anyone's but most people is not going to fall into that category. You know there might be a sailor out there that's been like yeah Chief Moore is a piece of shit I fucking hate that guy. Maybe, but you know for for the other 95%, I'll say 90%, 9 out of 10 is still pretty good, right? We'll say like hey yeah. nah, he he was pretty good, you know. So I'll take those all the time. I just like you know, there's not very many people that you know personally that can say, yeah, you know, I stole off on Chief and it went bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially I mean, nowadays, right? Like, you know, you heard those stories back in the day, like during your time, especially like even even before you, right? Before, like in the 90s. I remember when I was in A school. That was in 04, right? So like, you know, early year time where there had uh, fleet returnees, right? So undesignated, <laughs> like, you know, third, second classes coming back going to a school down there in meridian right telling i was you know standing watch telling me all these crazy stories about they jumped their chief in the storeroom this and and i was just looking at them i was like y'all are fucking liars but then there's the other the new part of me that was like "Mm, why would like why like why i never understood why people would make such big lies so i was like what the fuck are y'all doing jumping your chief you know what i mean like there's like two sides of it. like damn like is that shit really be going down like that? And then will the other side, well, I mean, no, no way they got to be lying.
1: We got to figure, I mean, uh, I mean kind of look at the environment, right? So most supply guys are, you know, pretty chill, right? Our jobs aren't super labor intensive and, you know, we kind of work in good conditions. But, you know, the only time I really heard of stuff like that you know, was when I interact with, you know, people in deck you know, great, you know, great people, you know, job is definitely very important, but let's call a duck a duck. They get a lot of shit assignments and stuff to do like that. Right. And they kind of get run a lot differently than like supply or combat systems or what have you. So, you know, I've seen tensions, you know, boil over and, you know, get into certain things while they're there, uh, you know, I've seen first classes fighting, you know, third classes. I've seen seamen, of course, fighting seamen, and just, you know, I mean, it just kind of all depends on the environment, you know, uh, very rarely would you assume to see like anybody in combat systems, you know, going off or like I said, you know, in, uh, you know, the, uh, like the sonar guys or, uh, I mean, just different environments, but, You know, to say it was prevalent in supply, Eh, probably not. But I mean, you never know. I guess.
0: Yeah, and on a previous podcast, I shared a story about one of the moments I almost fought someone. So it's not like it's out of like it's not you know impossible. It's very possible when when someone pushes you to that limit. It's just like. I, I guess I, you know, being a chief now on the other side, or even as a first class, right, on that on that leadership side, we say, right, what the fuck are you doing to to a junior sailor where they they're trying to like actually physically fight you? You don't, again, like, that's the bigger question, right? You're like, what the fuck are you doing? And, and you know, in your case, like, why are you touching anyone? You know what I mean? What you oh, like? Come on, man. The, well, that's one of the biggest like sun moves, right? Poking someone in the chest. Like, isn't that like such a son? Like, oh, you, you, my son. Like, I'm gonna poke you in the chest. That, that's such a bitch. Fucking, that, that's see, gonna cause
1: a fight. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, my first chief that I had, he was an eighteen. You know, kind of cool dude, really nerdy guy, or whatever. But you know, I mean, you know, we had respect, got the job done. Merry Christmas. Moved on. Had a good time. You know, he left, and uh you know, they they brought that dude in. And I kind of heard some stuff about him because he was out in uh, airframes before he came to PC. And uh, I kind of heard some stuff about him. I didn't really know who he was and interact with him. I don't just fucking just randomly go talk to this dude. So, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, beyond the military and all that sort of stuff, right? At the end of the day, you're dealing with people. That's why I always say that, you know, take a psychology class or getting, you know, at least having some knowledge of that field is relevant and important for everybody at any level, because at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, building fucking nuclear bombs, the Navy, whatever you're dealing with people. Yeah. Right. So, you know, personalities clash and, you know, people have agendas, people have insecurities and, you know, stuff manifests certain ways. And But then again, you say, you know, if you're going to act that way, why did you act the way? Did you feel empowered to do that? I and mean, it goes in the chain of command. Like I said, our CMC, there were a lot of issues. Like people didn't feel certain ways about him. So, you know, looking at it in a holistic approach, it's just, you know, that was probably just a symptom of a bigger problem within the command, right? So yeah. th- no, there were some shenanigans that happened while I was there. So Yeah, you know. no,
0: you're absolutely right. You could always go back and, and look at the overall you know health of the command health of the triad um in that situation what's the health of the mess right if this motherfucker thinks it's cool to be point, you know poking people in the chest when 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 they're having a, a discussion or argument you know what i mean there's all of that but you know i i don't i don't want to detract from that person you know by taking that holistic approach right fuck that guy fuck any person that's doing that you know what
1: I mean? But then again, I'm sure you know. You talked to him. He like, he felt he was just fine. I mean, again, you know, it's two sides, the three sides of every story. So I mean, whatever. Yeah, for sure, you know? for sure. At the, end the day, at the end of the day, I knew what was going to happen. Chose made yeah. a choice, and he could suck yeah. my dick. So there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, let, let's transition out of the Navy now, right? I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you got much to share about fucking NMCB eleven. Uh, I mean, I got CB friends. Trash. They're cool, but it was trash you know, complete trash. You, you were finishing up and going to your school and everything and, and say, uh, did you wrap it up there, wrap it in Gulfport? And then I was very interested, you know, cause you kept it low key. You retired and I'll like, say, Oh shit, you retired now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew it was up and coming, but it was like, it was just like, yeah, boom, you're done. And then where you don't have to say where you're at. I won't say where you're at, but then when you told me <clears> the job that you got, I was like, "What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> like, like what? One, it, it's all. I I always love when I see people. You gotta do what you gotta do to put food on the table and pay the bills. But I love it when I see people that are not back on base, doing the same old sale. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, it, it's yeah. awesome, man. Like, it's. I ain't gonna say it's easy, but it's the the first opportunity that does pay well that helps people stay secure, not just financially." But emotionally and everything else, secure and what they've known the last twenty to thirty years is getting right back into the contractor slash G S job, right? Uh on base. Right. They they don't have to change their routine, really, right? Zero seven, sixteen hundred, you know. <laughs> um and you know, so when you told me where you're at now and kind of a little bit of what you're doing, I was just like, damn, man. Like I admired it big time because like one, you know, you you ain't you ain't anywhere where you were comfortable at before you didn't fall back on anything. You, you really went off, you know, and did something.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, kind of like I said before, man, all this starts when you first come in, right. And kind of having a game plan, whether you stay in for one tour or, you know, try to retire out, you're going to get out, right. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows this officer enlisted. It's going to end one day. Right. So, can I say when I first came in, I knew I was going to be doing this particular deal? Probably not, but I had some general idea of what I wanted to do and stuff that I needed to accomplish, right? So, kind of knowing that, I knew I had to hit certain wickets. I had to, you know, at least at least get my bachelor's and then, you know, kind of depending on how that, how that went, you know, maybe get a grad degree or whatever, but you know, kinda of things kinda of came into focus the closer I got towards the end, right? So, you know, knocked out my BA uh while I was in Gulfport. And then, you know, to be very honest with you, I was kinda of burned out with school. Like school or college I should say <laughs> it's a lot of bullshit, right? And kind of my generation it was beat into our heads, you know, go to college, go to college. You know, if you don't go to college, you don't get a bachelor's, all the university is going to be over all this, that, or whatever. Well, kind of what happened is that, you know, everybody heard this message took it on board and, you know, went that way. So basically, you know, a bachelor's degree became devalued and it was just basically like having a high school degree. Meanwhile, there's a vacuum in the workforce for like trades, right? So that's why, I mean, trades are like, you know, electricians, plumbers and, you know shit like that mechanics but then when you you know everything fell out from my generation you know you have all these devalued degrees and you know people didn't play that smart either and got degrees and stupid shit that was never gonna you know be fruitful anyway
0: psychology
1: I mean you can get paid doing that but like you know liberal now arts that, I just always English. make that
0: joke that's that's Nikki's thing
1: <laughs> I mean you mean know, like liberal arts or fucking an English degree I mean you know But again, I mean, everybody has, you know, these are all respected things. And if that's your heart's desire, do that. Yeah. So, you know, never knock anybody's hustle. But you have to realize that, you know, certain degrees and certain things are going to require, you know, continual uh, education and and maybe not be as lucrative as other things. Uh, So, you know, kind of like I have a lot of friends who are teachers, right? great noble profession i will never say anything negative about one people that want to be a teacher however you know it's you're constantly in school constantly being retrained and oh by the way it's not very lucrative as you've seen by the teacher strikes you know over the you know probably last five six seven years right they're always talking about their underpaid you know all that kind of stuff plus the stress so it's just you know Risk, reward, value, and you know what you value yourself, and I mean, multiple, multiple factors, right? So, again, getting into you know uh, what we call logistics, which really for us is an umbrella term, because as you know, storekeepers, you know, have a million different things they can do on a ship, and blah blah blah, the stuff, right? And most of those things are easily translatable to the civilian world. So, again, imagine. And again, I'm not knocking people's choices or whatever, but I mean, if you're a boss mate, I mean, it's probably not translatable to working at a Fortune 500 company, unless there's, there's there's some kind of marine company or something or whatever, right? So again, that's why I say it starts at the beginning. You have to set yourself up for success from the beginning. So like IT, uh, medical, you know, supply chain, stuff like that. It you know makes sense to the civilian world. You know, this top secret squirrel stuff. If you stay in that world. Uh, you know, you can, it makes sense to, you know, those, you know, companies and stuff. Um, so for me, like I said, finished up by, uh, by a BA in, uh, Mississippi. And then, uh, like I said, I was kind of burned out with school because, you know, for your undergrad, you have to go through like, like this bullshit math classes and, you know, these English classes. I mean, all this stuff, I mean, to be very honest, unless you're in a very specific job, you never are gonna use that shit. You know, college algebra and tree I mean, I work for a Fortune five hundred company and I've never in my life used that shit ever, whatsoever. Didn't use it when I was in the military. But for some reason they want you to have these classes. You know, I even had to take like this dumbass fucking uh like email composition course. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's funny because You know, I guess I'm the only person in the universe that had to take this class because the emails I see on a daily basis look like shit. So it's just, there's a lot of bullshit you got to go through, right? So the the best thing people can really do is try to get to their undergrad as cheaply and as quickly as possible, right? So, you know, being in the military, you know, that's not really a big issue for us, you know. Um, And again, unless it really is like specific fields, no one really gives a shit what school you went to. Surprise. Like, I got all my shit through my MBA through the University of Phoenix online. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, is it Harvard? Is it Yale? No. But, again, for the stuff that I do, no one gives a shit. All that does is get you an interview. I mean, if you're a surgeon, maybe a lawyer, okay, maybe. But, you know, again, for the stuff I'm doing, you know, there's really no need to you know, sweat, you know, what school you went to. Just get your piece of paper and move on. So uh you know, I said I finished up my BA and uh even though I was burned out, like I said, you know what, this is free money. i also have money left on my GI bill I wanna get out. I'm gonna push it to a to a masters, right? So I uh, started on my MBA in uh in Mississippi and finished it up while I was out on the job and uh you know knocked it out. I mean, again, it's a lot of unnecessary shit, but, you know, those three little letters can, you know, help you out, depend upon your field, so.
0: So, you for you, for, for your what you're doing, though, it, like, like I said, it got you the interview, and it probably helped you negotiate
1: uh, salary. Well, not really. No? Um, you know, the company I work for, which is a major automaker, um... They're pretty veteran friendly, right? Oh, okay, okay. And that's, and that's uh, you know when I was going through TGPS or TAPS, like I mean I don't know if it's still called TGPS or yeah. whatever, but um, you know they had a, you know people come in to speak, and you know headhunters came in, certain you know, asked for resumes and shit like that, and they had a rep there that uh, kind of did like a teleconference deal, and uh, you know was asking for resumes, so, you know, I submitted mine and, you know, and drew some interest and, uh, you know, went through kind of a little courting process with them and, you know, ended up, uh, that's how I ended up here in the good old Midwest. So, you know, I definitely recommend, you know, the TAPS or TGPS or whatever they're calling it these days, definitely taking it more than once, and that's what I did, right? So I took it, like – Uh, What I do, I took it like the year after I got there and then like eight months before my actual end date. So, you know, in case anything changed or what have you. So uh, it's actually one of the few things in the military that was actually useful for me. So a lot of good information. Uh, You know, again, you know, a lot of companies are looking for military veterans. And let's call it duck a duck and be completely transparent and honest, right? It's not out of the goodness of their heart. You know, <laughs> there's tax incentives for you know certain minority hires, like women, people of color, and how many veterans you have. So, I mean, it's something that you are utilize it, you know, to your best advantage. I mean, because they're definitely going to get to tax breaks on it. So, I mean, yeah, it, a, it, it, it's a business.
0: It's a business. They're going to make smart business decisions, and if that means yeah. hiring veterans. Cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, someone's going to do the damn your, job.
1: Yeah, you have to take your heart out of it and, you know, just look at it straight business-wise. Yeah. Like you're an asset, right? So, you know, so for me, I'm kind of a triple threat, right? I'm a veteran, I'm a person of color, and I'm college-educated. So, I mean, it kind of writes itself right there. Yeah. Uh, You know, like you were saying earlier, you know, people working on base and shit. Uh, I mean, again, I don't knock anybody's hustle, man. Whatever you do yeah, to pay your bills right. is your deal. But I knew for me, I wanted to get away from the military. Like I was done with that shit. I was just I was over it. Now, you know, being a contractor means a lot of things. Like you can be a contractor working at you know AID in the back, like Frank did, yep. or whatever. Yep. Or you can go overseas contracting where the real money is. And uh, you know, a few podcasts, you know, back, you know, i mentioned my time in Afghanistan, and that's really where I saw. Like, like the real money. Yeah. Like this, this action duty stuff is not where you make the money. It's where you get the training, the certs, the connections, you know, the clearances. If you need those, you parlay that into something in the civilian world. So like, there were it dudes over there that, you know, got out as it threes and were banking like, you know, six figures, like 200,000 a year. I mean, it was crazy numbers. Yeah. And of course, you know, people can talk shit all day long, but you don't really know if it's like that. Right. Well, this old retired Army uh E eight supply dude worked at our depot, kinda basically kinda like Frank and Tony, like DBAs basically, right? For their little system they use. And he was showing us checks. Like this motherfucker was getting paid. Like he was making like two eighty a year yeah. plus his E eight retirement Chilling.
0: Yeah. It, so, it It is, it is some, I mean, you went out over how you liked Afghanistan, but, you know, it is still tough duty, right? Uh, if you have a family and all that, you know, they ain't with you in most instances, especially yeah. Afghanistan. Um, so well, there's well, there the still sacrifice was, there.
1: Oh, yeah. But see, the thing is, the reason they obviously want military people and people with military experience is because they're used to deployments and having that separation. Yeah. So that's basically their incentive to draw people over there is, is the high income, because, if you're paying the same as you know, company X in San Diego, who the fuck would go over there? It makes no sense. So again, the reason you're making that money is because you're in country, right? But not everywhere over there, you know, is Fallujah. So again, you have to pick, you know, what you're doing and where you want to go and research and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I had a friend you know, here, you know, who was job hunting, And, uh, you know, for San Diego, but included a lot like 90 percent travel and was up in the high, you know, hundreds. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to pay you to do that sacrifice because you're used to it, but it is still the sacrifice. So if you're not looking to do that, you're going to get paid less.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just common sense, right? You're looking for a job. I mean, you got to look at it, see what, uh, you know, what it all entails and what kind of tolerance for, you know, that stuff you have. Excuse me. So, you know, if anybody's interested in stuff like that, I mean, you can go on all kind of websites, you know, KBR, floor. uh, I mean, there's a million of them. Look them up and check it out. But again, I don't know kind of the future of that kind of considering, you know, President Biden's talking about we're going to be pulling out of Afghanistan. So I don't know if the gravy train is over or what. But, you know, again, I kind of heard that I was supposed to be closing out the lights in 2010. So take that with a grain of salt. And, uh, you know, just, you know, biggest thing is just having a plan and being ready to, you know, be an advocate for yourself, right? Because I'm telling you, once the military is done with you, they're done with you. Like, there's no chief, there's no career counselor sitting up here trying to get you a job and all this other shit, right? So this is all on you. That's why I say you have to kind of have that mindset early on. And, you know, all the stuff you did in the military is great hooyah navy all that good stuff right you can look at your medals and ribbons all day long reminisce but at the end of the day the brute honest truth is no one gives a fuck yeah (laughs) i
0: mean yeah i covered that in an earlier episode too right of like you know they they i don't know people act surprised or something right when the Navy don't give a fuck about them you are training actively training your replacement right it, they're sitting next to you, right? You're supposed to be making that first class ready. You know, you, what do they always say? Uh, you know, work me out of a job. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> don't worry. They, they're going to, you, they don't even have to work you out of it. You're going to be removed when your time comes, right? Whether it's H Y T and you're done, right? Because you can't make the next rank or it's, you know, your choice to retire, whatever. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I haven't talked to a single retiree, Right. That um, I probably have, but you know, kind of hyper hyperbolic here. That has said that they they uh are glad they stayed in, um, you know, past twenty. Most retires I talked to, like, are like, yeah, after twenty years, like, yeah, I did twenty four, I did twenty six, or this and that. But I realize now that every year I did after twenty, I was losing money because they could have gotten out at twenty, gotten into the civilian side of doing whatever they were doing and been making a whole lot more money. So you could do it for pride and country and this and that. But at the end of the day, you know, no matter what you choose to do, you got to put food on the table and you are losing money after that 20. You I mean, you do 30, you might end up making more money, but you could have been making that more money the last 10 years. Also,
1: again, there's a million variables that go into the equation, right? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. different. So again, I'm not bashing anybody that, you know, does whatever they do pick your hustle man do what you do but you cannot escape the inevitable truth that when you're done you're done (laughs) so yeah everybody's gonna have an end date so just it is what it is
0: yeah and i I know sometimes people tell me i come off as i'm bashing i was like well you know i'm i'm sorry i come off that way to you but uh it's more just like yes look this this is a wrap at some point in time whether you think you're choosing to or they're choosing for you, it is a wrap, okay? And, and what are we doing to set that up? And, you know, th- that's why I wanted to get into your story about, you know, your transition and stuff a bit because I think uh, isn't success stories aren't told enough, right? The actual, like, outside of the military, you know, outside of, let's just, where I'm at, outside of 32nd Street, you don't hear the success story outside of 32nd Street, you see the retiree that's back here working that tells you they're making a lot of money and they are right. I worked with a guy, you know, had a couple uh, properties getting, you know, hundred percent disabled GS 13 or GS 12. I mean, he, he, he rolling in it, right? Retirement pay GS 12 property rent coming in. Like he got money, but he, he's still right here. He's still driving a base, same base. He drove to the last 10 years that he was, you know, active duty doing the same thing for the last, you know, 20 years now, you know, and and that is yeah, he's successful, he's doing his thing. But like that's an easy story to tell, right? What about the person that didn't do that? The person that took the 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 uh unbeaten path and made their own path to their own success in the fucking Midwest, <laughs> you know. What about that one? And I think it's important that we share that because a lot of sailors you know, uh, I'm, you know, I've been a, a person that's like, you know, you always ask that junior shadow, what's your plan? And you kind of doubt them and you kind of put it in their head. Like, well, you know, you might need the Navy still, you know, and you know, we're wrong for that. I'll say it. Um, but the more they hear stories like yours and others, I think it gives them hope. Like, yeah, I could do this. I, I don't necessarily need to say 20 as long as I do have a plan and I set it up and play the game for myself. I could get the fuck up out of here and go do something.
1: Yeah. So every chief that ever told you, you got to get that, you got to get multiple warfare pens. You got to, we got to do this and that. None of these motherfuckers are paying any of my bills or doing anything for me. So again, all I'm saying is just have a good balance, have some kind of a plan and be ready to grind for yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, that's, that's not a secret but it is a secret i guess if you want to call it that
0: so. yeah no your perfect point was balance right because i i will i will navy chief it and be like "Nah, get your fucking pin but at the end of the day yes that pin to the outside the, the, what are you you ain't putting that on your resume right so you better have some other shit that you can put on your resume too but right now if you want this good eval and you want to advance <laughs> you better fucking do something for me right now too it's a balance, right?
1: That's what it is.
0: Like if if you don't want to get paid while you're in the Navy and you want to stay E three, cool. Don't do nothing. You're gonna still get the same paycheck. But I hope you're executing a plan for outside of the Navy in four years because that's where you're gonna end up. Don't be looking at me surprised where when you are saying you want to reenlist. I'm like, no. What have you been doing? No. Just, <laughs> you know, like you don't know, no. But uh, yeah, man. I think we'll just
1: wrap it right there. And uh,
0: you know, and one thing I
1: want to say, yeah, is go ahead. Just, uh, You know, we kind of summarize my uh, my career, and yeah, uh, you know, anybody that's been in any length of time has a million stories. Oh, for and, sure. Uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> left out a few things, but you know, covered covered some main stuff, I guess. But yeah, uh, I mean,
0: we got on, on record, you know, three hours of it, and it's one of those stories things you know, for days. It, it, and it's harder you know because we're via zoom you know if we're in person like you could sit down a whole night with with two in, any service members right pick any two service members out of the military any branch sit them down and they could sit there and talk all night and share drinks and eat food all night into the wee hours about all their experiences and this <laughs> and that you know, like they it, you could you know and oh
1: man you know um i'm telling you man the shit that i've seen and
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you know insane. uh I you have, think of a really good sea story cuz uh, what I've been what I want to do is like when I do these kind of like career things I did one with my buddy Armando and Chad um sharing a sea story like what's your best sea story? in like a in a 15 20 minute story or you know something like that and then we'll we'll post that up to uh my boy armando had a very very good one uh, if you're listening you haven't listened go check out i forget what episode number but it's called a sea story with armando and wow he, he's a submariner so some wild shit going down on the boats. <laughs> <laughs> Wild wow i can only totally imagine you know yeah. but um yeah hey you know thanks for stopping by again james and you know after this now that we wrapped up your career because people was asking who you were and they got the long version. Um, you know, we'll get into some of those heavier topics that you've been wanting to cover. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about different things and just go at it. And, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you always stopping by on Sundays and, and, you know, keeping in touch. I mean, it was 16 years we've known each other now, you know. So I appreciate yeah. your friendship. I appreciate you in uh, supporting this uh, podcast and stopping in.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. And, uh, you know this is real. There's no business arrangement, or what have you. No, no, you're, you're a good one, good dude, And, uh, you know, one of the few people I wanted to see get to khakis. And I know you weren't going to act like an ass when you got there. So yeah. good deal, man.
0: I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the kind words. And, uh, yeah, we'll get back together again some, uh, next Sunday. Thanks. Uh, thanks listeners. Appreciate it. Peace. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.